Act Three of Volpone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Volpone, or The Fox, by Ben Jonson. Act Three, Scene One. A street. Enter Mosca. I fear I shall begin to grow in love with my dear self and my most prosperous parts they do so spring and burgeon i can feel a whimsy in my blood i know not how success hath made me wanton i could skip out of my skin now like a subtle snake i am so limber oh your parasite is a most precious thing dropped from above not bred amongst clods and clodpoles here on earth i muse the mystery was not made a science it is so liberally professed almost all the wise world is little else in nature but parasites or sub-parasites and yet i mean not those that have your bare town art to know who's fit to feed them have no house no family no care and therefore mould tales for men's ears to bait that sense or get kitchen invention and some stale receipts to please the belly and the groin nor those with their court dog tricks that can fawn and fleer make their revenue out of legs and faces echo my lord and lick away a moth but your fine elegant rascal that can rise and stoop almost together like an arrow shoot through the air as nimbly as a star turn short as doth a swallow and be here and there and here and yonder all at once present to any humour all occasion and change a visor swifter than a thought this is the creature had the art born with him toils not to learn it but doth practise it out of most excellent nature and such sparks are the true parasites others but their zanies enter benario who's this benario old corbaccio's son the person i was bound to seek fair sir you are happily met that cannot be by thee why sir nay pray thee know thy way and leave me I would be loath to exchange discourse with such a mate as thou art. Courteous, sir, scorn not my poverty. Not I, by heaven. But thou shalt give me leave to hate thy baseness. Baseness? Ay, answer me. Is not thy sloth sufficient argument? Thy flattery? Thy means of feeding? Heaven be good to me these imputations are too common sir and easily stock on virtue when she's poor you are unequal to me and however your sentence may be righteous yet you are not that ere you know me thus proceeded censure st mark bear witness against you tis inhuman <laughs> weeps benario aside what does he weep the sign is soft and good i do repent me that i was so harsh tis true that swayed by strong necessity i am enforced to eat my careful bread with too much obsequy tis true beside that i am fain to spin mine own poor raiment out of my mere observance 
being not born to a free fortune but that i have done base offices in rending friends asunder dividing families betraying counsels whispering false lies or mining men with praises trained their credulity with perjuries corrupted chastity or am in love with mine own tender ease but would rather not prove the most rugged and laborious course that might redeem my present estimation let me here perish in all hope of goodness benario aside this cannot be a personated passion i was to blame so to mistake thy nature prithee forgive me and speak out thy business sir it concerns you and though i may seem at first to make a main offence in manners and in my gratitude unto my master yet for the pure love which i bear all right and hatred of the wrong i must reveal it this very hour your father is in purpose to disinherit you how and thrust you forth as a mere stranger to his blood tis true sir the work no way engageth me but as i claim an interest in the general state of goodness and true virtue which i here abound in you and for which mere respect without a second aim sir i have done it this tale has lost thee much of the late trust thou hast with me it is impossible i know not how to lend it any thought my father should be so unnatural it is a confidence that well becomes your piety and formed no doubt it is from your own simple innocence which makes your wrong more monstrous and abhorred but sir i now will tell you more this very minute it is or will be doing and if you shall but be pleased to go with me i'll bring you i do not say where you shall see but where your ear shall be witness of the deed hear yourself written bastard and professed the commest issue of the earth i am amazed sir if i do it not draw your just sword and score your vengeance on my front and face mark me your villain you have too much wrong and i do suffer for you sir my heart weeps blood in anguish lead i follow thee exeunt scene two a room in volpone's house enter volpone mosca stays long methinks bring forth your sports and help to make the wretched time more sweet enter nano andragino and castrone dwarf fool and eunuch <laughs> well met here we be a question it were now whether of us three being all the known delicates of a rich man in pleasing him claim the precedency can i claim for myself and so doth the fool tis foolish indeed let me set you both to school first for your dwarf he's little and witty and everything as it is little is pretty else why do men say to a creature of my shape so soon as they see him it's a pretty little ape and why a pretty ape but for pleasing imitation of greater men's actions in a ridiculous fashion beside this feet body of mine doth not crave half the meat drink and cloth one of your bulks will have admit your fool's face must be the mother of laughter yet for his brain it must always come after and though that do feed him tis a pitiful case his body is beholding to such a bad face knocking within who's there my couch away look nano see exeunt androgyno and castrone give me my caps first go inquire 
Exit Nano. Now, Cupid, send it be Mosca, and with fair return. Nano, within. It is the beauteous, madam. Would be? Is it? The same. Now torment on me. Squire her in, for she will enter or dwell here forever. Nay, quickly. Retires to his couch. That my fit were past. I fear a second hell, too, that my loathing this will quite expel my appetite to the other. Would she were taking now her tedious leave. Lord, how it threats me what I am to suffer. Re-enter Nano with Lady Politic Woodby. I thank you, good sir. Play you signify unto your patron. I am here. This band shews not my neck enough. I trouble you, sir. Let me request you, bid one of my women come hither to me. In good faith, I am dressed most favourably to-day. It is no matter, tis well enough. Enter first waiting woman. Look, see these petulant things, how they have done this. Volpone, aside. I do feel the fever entering in at mine ears. Oh, for a charm to fright it hence. Come nearer. Is this curl in his right place, all this? Why is this higher than all the rest? You have not washed your eyes yet, or do they not stand even in your head? Where is your fellow? Call her. Exit first woman. Now St. Mark deliver us. Anon she will beat her women because her nose is red. Re-enter first woman with second woman. I pray you view this tire, forsooth. Are all things apt or no? One hair a little here sticks out, forsooth. Doest so, forsooth? And where was your dear sight when it did so, forsooth? What now, bird-eyed? And you too? Pray you, both approach and mend it. Now by that light I muse you are not ashamed. I that have preached these things so often to you, read you the principles argued, all the grounds disputed, every fitness, every grace, called you to counsel of so frequent dressings. Nano, aside. More carefully than of your fame or honour. Made you acquainted what an ample dowry the knowledge of these things would be unto you, able alone to get you noble husbands at your return you thus to neglect it besides you seeing what a curious nation the italians are what will they say of me the english lady cannot dress herself oh, here's a fine imputation to our country well go your ways and stay in the next room this fugus was too coarse too it's no matter good sir you will give them entertainment exeunt nano and waiting women the storm comes toward me. Lady Politic goes to the couch. How does my Valpone? Troubled with noise, I cannot sleep. I dreamt that a strange fury entered now my house, and with the dreadful tempest of her breath did cleave my roof asunder. Believe me, and I had the most fearful dream could I remember it. Valpone, aside. Out on my fate, I have given her the occasion how to torment me. She will tell me hers. Methought the golden mediocrity, polite and delicate. Oh, if you do love me, no more. I sweat 
and suffer at the mention of any dream. Feel how I tremble yet. Alas, good soul, the passion of the heart, seed pearl were good now, boiled with syrup of apples, tincture of gold and coral, citron pills, your ill-campaigned root, microbalanes. Volpone, aside. Oh, me, I have taken a grasshopper by the wing. Burnt silk and amber, you have muscadel good in the house. You will not drink and part. No fear of that. I doubt we shall not get some English saffron. Half a dram would serve your sixteen cloves, a little musk dried mince, bugloss and barley meal. Volpone, aside. She's in again. Before I feigned diseases, now I have one. And these applied with the right scarlet cloth. Volpone, aside. Another flood of words, a very torrent. Shall I, sir, make you a poultice? No, no, no. I am very well. You need prescribe no more. I have a little studied physic, but now I'm off of music, save in the forenoons, an hour or two for painting. I would have a lady, indeed, to have all letters and arts, to be able to discourse, to write, to paint, but principal as Plato holds your music, and so does wise Pythagoras, I take it. Is your true rapture when there is consent in a face, in voice and clothes, and is indeed our sex's chiefest ornament? The poet, as old in time as Plato, and as knowing, says that your highest female grace is silence. Which of your poets? Petrarch, or Tasso, or Dante? Guardi, Aristotle, Arentine? C.H.O. de Hadria? I have read them all. Volpone, aside. Is everything a cause to my destruction? I think I have two or three of them about me. Volpone, aside. The sun, the sea, will sooner both stand still than her eternal tongue. Nothing can scape it. Here's Pastor Feeder. Volpone, aside. Profess obstinate silence. That's now my safest. All our English writers, I mean such as are happy in the Italian, will deign to steal out of this author, mainly, almost as much as from Montaigne. He has so modern and facile a vein, fitting in the time and catching the court ear. Your Petrarch is more passionate, yet he in days of sonneting trusted them with much. Dante is hard and few can understand him, but for a desperate wit there's Arentine. Only his pictures are a little obscene. You mock me not. Alas, my mind is perturbed. Why in such cases must we cure ourselves, make use of our philosophy? Oh, me. And as we find our passions do rebel, encounter them with reason, or divert them, by getting scope unto some other humour, of lesser danger, as in politic bodies, there's nothing more doth overwhelm the judgment and cloud the understanding than too much settling and fixing, and, as twere, subsiding upon one object, for the incorporating of these same outward things into that part which we call mental, leaves some certain faces that can stop the organs, and, as Plato says, assassinate our knowledge. Volpone, aside. Now the spirit of patience help me. Come in faith, I must visit you more days, and make you well laugh and be lusty. Volpone, aside. My good angel, save me! There was but one sole man in all the world with whom I e'er could sympathize, and he would lie, you, often three 
full hours together to hear me speak, and be sometimes so rapt, as he would answer me quite from the purpose, like you, and you will like him just. I'll discourse, and it be only, sir, to bring you asleep. How did we spend our time in love together for some six years? Oh, 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 oh. So we were continine brought up. Some power, some fate, some fortune rescue me. Enter Mosca. God save you, madam. Good sir. Mosca, welcome. <clears throat> welcome to my redemption. Why, sir? Oh, rid me of this, my torture, quickly there, my madam with the everlasting voice. The bells in time of pestilence ne'er made like noise, or were in that perpetual motion. The cockpit comes not near it. All my house, but now steamed like a bath with her thick breath. A lawyer could not have been heard, nor scarce another woman such a hail of words she has let fall. For hell's sake, rid her hence. Has she presented? Oh, I do not care. I'll take her absence upon any price, with any loss. Madam? I have brought your patron a toy, a cap here, of my own work. "'Tis well. I had forgot to tell you I saw your knight, where you would little think it. "'Where?' "'Marry, where, yet, if you make haste, you may apprehend rowing upon the water in a gondola with the most cunning courtesan of Venice.' "'It's true?' "'Pursue them and believe your eyes. Leave me to make your gift.' Exit Lady Politic hastily. I knew twould take. For lightly they that use themselves most license are still most jealous. Mosca, hearty thanks for thy quick fiction and delivery of me. Now to my hopes, what sayst thou? Re-enter Lady Politic would be. But you here, sir? Again? I fear a paroxysm. Which way row they together? Uh, toward the Rialto. I pray you lend me your dwarf. I pray you take him. Exit Lady Politic would be. Your hopes, sir, are like happy blossoms, fair, and promise timely fruit, if you will stay but the maturing. Keep you at your couch. Corbaccio will arrive straight with the will. When he is gone, I'll tell you more. Exit. My blood, my spirits are returned. I am alive, and like your wanton gamester at Primero, whose thought had whispered to him, not go less, methinks I lie, and draw for an encounter. The scene closes upon Volpone. Scene three. The passage leading to Volpone's chamber. Enter Mosca and Benario. Sir, here concealed, shows him a closet. You may hear all. But pray you, have patience, sir. Knocking within. Oh, the same's your father knocks. I am compelled to leave you. Exit. Do so. Yet cannot my thought imagine this a truth goes into the closet. Scene 4. Another part of the same. Enter Mosca and Corvino, Celia following. Death on me! You were come too soon! What meant you? Did I not say I would send? Yes, but I feared you might forget it, and then they prevent us. Mosca, aside. Prevent? Did e'er man haste so for his horns? A courtier would not ply it so for a place. Well, now there's no helping it. Stay here. I'll presently return. Exit. Where are you, Celia? You know not wherefore I have brought you hither? Not well, except you told me. 
Now I will. Hark hither. Exeunt. Scene five. A closet opening into a gallery. Enter Mosca and Benario. Sir, your father hath sent word. It'll be half an hour ere he come. And therefore, if it please you to walk the while into that gallery at the upper end, there are some books to entertain the time. And I'll take care no man shall come unto you, sir. Yes, I will stay there. Aside. I do doubt this fellow. Exit. Mosca looking after him. There, he's far enough. He can hear nothing. And for his father, I can keep him off. Exit. Scene six. Volpone's chamber. Volpone on his couch. Mosca sitting by him. Enter Corvino, forcing in Celia. Nay, now there is no starting back, and therefore resolve upon it. I have so decreed. It must be done. Nor would I move it afore, because I would avoid all shifts and tricks that might deny me. Sir, let me beseech you, affect not these strange trials. If you doubt my chastity, why, lock me up for ever, make me the heir of darkness, let me live where I may please your fears, if not your trust. Believe it, I have no such humour, I. All that I speak I mean, yet I'm not mad, nor horn-mad, see you? Go to, show yourself obedient, and a wife. Oh, heaven! I say it, do so. What's this, the train? I've told you reasons that the physicians have set down, how much it may concern me, what my engagements are, my means, and the necessity of those means for my recovery. Wherefore, if you be loyal and mine, be one, respect my venture. Before your honour. Honour? Tut a breath. There's no such thing in nature, a mere term invented to all fools. What is my gold the worse for touching, clothes for being looked on? Why, this is no more. An old decrepit wretch that has no sense, no sinew, takes his meat with others' fingers, only knows to gape when you do scald his gums, a voice, a shadow, and what can this man hurt you? Celia, aside. Lord, what spirit is this hath entered him? And for your fame, that's such a jig, as if I would go tell it. Cry it on the piazza. Who shall know it, but he that cannot speak it, and this fellow whose lips are in my pocket? Save yourself, if you'll proclaim it you may. I know no other shall come to know it. Are heaven and saints then nothing? Will they be blind or stupid? How? Good sir, be jealous still. Emulate them, and think what hate they burn with toward every sin. I grant you, if I thought it were a sin, I would not urge you. Should I offer this to some young Frenchman, or hot Tuscan blood that had read Aretine, conned all his prints, knew every quirk within lust's labyrinth, and were professed critic in lechery? And I would look upon him and applaud him. This were a sin. But here, tis contrary, a pious work, mere charity for physic, and honest polity to assure mine own. Oh, heaven! Canst thou suffer such a change? Thou art mine honour, Mosca, and my pride my joy my tickling my delight go bring them mosca advancing please you draw near sir come on what you will not be rebellious by that light sir signor corvino here is come to see you oh and hearing of the consultation had so lately for your health has come to offer or rather sir to prostitute thanks sweet mosca freely unasked or unentreated well as the true fervent instance of his love, his own most fair and proper wife, the beauty only of price in Venice. Tis well urged. To be your comfortress, and to preserve you. Alas, I am past already. Pray you, thank him for his good care and promptness. But for that, tis a vain labour e'en to fight against heaven. 
applying fire to stone, making a dead leaf grow again. I take his wishes gently, though, and you may tell him what I have done for him. Mary, my state is hopeless. Will him to pray for me, and to use his fortune with reverence when he comes to it. Do you hear, sir? Go to him with your wife. Heart of my father, wilt thou persist thus? Come, I pray thee, come. Thou seest tis nothing, Celia. By this hand I shall grow violent. Come, do it, I say. Sir, kill me, rather. I will take down poison, eat burning coals, do anything. Be damned. Heart, I'll drag thee hence, home by the hair, cry thee a strumpet through the streets, rip up thy mouth unto thine ears, and slit thy nose like a raw rochet. Do not tempt me. Come, yield, I am loath. Death, I will buy some slave whom I will kill, and bind thee to him alive, and at my window hang you forth, devising some monstrous crime which I in capital letters will eat into thy flesh with aquafortis, and burning corrosives on this stubborn breast. Now, by the blood thou hast incensed, I'll do it. Sir, what you please you may. I am your martyr. Be not thus obstinate. I have not deserved it. Think who it is entreats you. Prithee, sweet, good faith. Thou shalt have jewels, gowns, attires, what thou wilt think and ask. Do but go kiss him, or touch him, but for my sake, at my suit, this once. No, not I shall remember this. Will you disgrace me thus? Do you thirst my undoing? Nay, gentle lady, be advised. No, no, she has watched her time. Odds precious, this is scurvy, tis very scurvy, and you are... Nay, good sir. An arrant locust, by heaven a locust, whore, crocodile, that hast thy tears prepared, expecting how thou'st bid them flow. Nay, pray you, sir, she will consider. Would my life serve to satisfy? Sdeath, if she would but speak to him and save my reputation, it were somewhat, but spitefully to effect my utter ruin. Ay, now you have put your fortune in her hands. Why, your faith, it is her modesty. I must quit her. If you were absent, she would be more coming. I know it, and dare undertake for her. What woman can before her husband's? Pray you, let us depart and leave her here. Sweet Celia, thou mayst redeem all yet. I'll say no more. If not, esteem yourself as lost. Nay, stay there. Shut the door, and exit with Mosca. Ah, oh, God and his good angels! Whither, whither is shame-fled human breasts, that with such ease men dare put off your honours and their own? Is that, whichever was a cause of life, now placed beneath the basest circumstance, and modesty and exile made for money? I, in Corvino, and such earth-fed minds, leaping from his couch, that never tasted the true heaven of love. Assure thee, Celia, he that would sell thee only for hope of gain, and that uncertain, he would have sold his part of paradise for ready money, had he met a cope-man. Why art thou mazed to see me thus revived? Rather applaud thy beauty's miracle. Tis thy great work, that hath not now alone, but sundry times raised me in several shapes, and but this morning like a mountebank to see thee at thy window i before i would have left my practice for thy love in varying figures i would have contended with the blue proteus or the horned flood now art thou welcome sir nay fly me not nor let thy false imagination that i was bedrid make thee think i am so 
thou shalt not find it. I am now as fresh, as hot, as high, and in as jovial plight, as when in that so celebrated scene at recitation of our comedy, for entertainment of the great Valois, I acted young Antinous, and attracted the eyes and ears of all the ladies present to admire such graceful gesture, note, and footing. Sings. Come, my Celia, let us prove, while we can, the sports of love. Time will not be ours for ever. He at length our good will sever. Spend not then his gifts in vain. Suns that set may rise again. But if once we lose this light, tis with us perpetual night. Why should we defer our joys? Fame and rumor are but toys. Cannot we delude the eyes of a few poor household spies, or his easier ears beguile, thus removed by our wile? Tis no sin love's fruits to steal, but the sweet thefts to reveal, to be taken to be seen, these have crimes accounted been. Oh, some serene blast of your dire lightning strike this my offending face. Why droops my Celia? Thou hast, in place of a base husband, found a worthy lover. Use thy fortune well, with secrecy and pleasure. See, behold what thou art queen of. Not in expectation, as I feed others, but possessed and crowned. See here, a rope of pearl, and each more orient than that the brave Egyptian queen caroused. Dissolve and drink them. See, a carbuncle may put out both the eyes of our Saint Mark. A diamond would have brought Lolita Paulina when she came in like starlight, hid with jewels that were the spoils of provinces. Take these and wear and lose them? Yet remains an earring to purchase them again, and this whole state. A gem but worth a private patrimony is nothing. We will eat such at a meal. The heads of parrots, tongues of nightingales, the brains of peacocks and of estriches shall be our food. And could we get the phoenix, though nature lost her kind, she were our dish. Good sir. These things might move a mind affected with such delights, but I whose innocence is all I can think wealthy or worthy enjoying, and which once lost I have not to lose beyond it, cannot be taken with these sensual baits. If you have conscience— Tis the beggar's virtue. If thou hast wisdom, hear me, Celia. Thy baths shall be the juice of July flowers, spirit of roses and of violets, the milk of unicorns, and panther's breath gathered in bags and mixed with Cretan wines. Our drink shall be prepared gold and amber, which we will take until my roof whirl round with the vertigo, and my dwarf shall dance, my eunuch sing, my fool make up the antic whilst we, in changed shapes, act Ovid's tales, thou like Europa now, and I like Jove, then I like Mars, and thou like Erichine, so of the rest till we have quite run through and wearied all the fables of the gods. Then will I have thee in more modern forms, 
attired like some sprightly dame of France, brave Tuscan lady, or proud Spanish beauty, sometimes unto the Persian Sophie's wife, or the Grand Signor's mistress, and for change to one of our most artful courtesans, or some quick negro or cold Russian, and I will meet thee in as many shapes, where we may so transfuse our wandering souls out at our lips and score up sums of pleasures. Sings. That the curious shall not know how to tell them as they flow, and the envious when they find what their number is be pined. If you have ears that will be pierced, or eyes that can be opened, a heart that may be touched, or any part that yet sounds man about you, if you have touch of holy saints or heaven, do me the grace to let me escape. If not, be bountiful and kill me. You do know I am a creature hither ill betrayed by one whose shame I would forget it were. If you will deign me neither of these graces, yet feed your wrath, sir, rather than your lust, it is a vice comes nearer manliness, and punish that unhappy crime of nature which you miscall my beauty. Flay my face, or poison it with ointments for seducing your blood to this rebellion. Rub these hands with what may cause an eating leprosy, even to my bones and marrow. Anything that may disfavour me, save in my honour and I will kneel to you, pray for you, pay down a thousand hourly vows, sir, for your health, report and think you virtuous. Think me cold, frozen, and impotent, and so report me? That I had Nestor's hernia, thou wouldst think. I do degenerate and abuse my nation to play with opportunity thus long. I should have done the act, and then have parlayed. Yield, or I'll force thee. Seizes her. Oh, just God! In vain! Benario, rushing in. Forbear, foul ravisher, libidinous swine! Free the forged lady, or thou diest, impostor! But that I'm loath to snatch thy punishment out of the hand of justice, thou shouldst yet be made the timely sacrifice of vengeance before this altar and this dross thy idol. Lady, let's quit the place. It is the den of villainy. Fear not, you have a guard and he, ere long, shall meet his just reward. Exeunt, Benario and Celia. Fall on me, roof, and bury me in ruin. Become my grave that wert my shelter. Oh, I am unmasked, unspirited, undone, betrayed to beggary, to infamy. Enter Mosca, wounded and bleeding. Oh, where shall I run, most wretched shame of men, to beat out my unlucky brains? Here. Here, what? Dost thou bleed? Oh, that his well-driven sword had been so courteous to have cleft me down unto the navel. Ere I live to see my life, my hopes, my spirits, my patron, all thus desperately engaged by my error. Woe on thy fortune! And my folly, sir. Thou hast made me miserable. And myself, sir. Who would have thought he would have hearkened so? What shall we do? I know not. If my heart could expiate the mischance, I'd pluck it out. Will you be pleased to hang me, or cut my throat? And I'll requite you, sir. Let us die like Romans, since we have lived like Grecians. Knocking within. Hark! Who's there? I hear some footing. Officers, the Safi, come to apprehend us. I do feel the brand hissing already at my forehead. 
Now mine ears are boring. To your couch, sir. You make that place good, however. Volpone lies down as before. Guilty men suspect what they deserve still. Enter Corbaccio. Signor Corbaccio? Why? How now, Mosca? Oh, undone. Amazed, sir. Your son, I know not by what accident, acquainted with your purpose to my patron, touching your will and making him your heir, entered our house with violence, his sword drawn, sought for you, called you wretch, unnatural, vowed he would kill you. Me? Yes, and my patron. This act shall disinherit him indeed. Here is the will. Tis well, sir. Right and well. Be you as careful now for me. Enter Voltore behind. My life, sir, is not more tended. I am only yours. How does he? Will he die shortly, thinks thou? I fear he'll outlast May. Today? No, last out May, sir. Couldst thou not give him a dram? Oh, by no means, sir. Nay, I'll not bid you. Voltore coming forward. This is a knave, I see. Masca, seeing Voltore. How, Signor Voltore? Aside, did he hear me? Parasite! Who's that? Oh, sir, most timely welcome. Scarce to the discovery of your tricks, I fear. You are his only, and mine also, are you not? Who? I, sir? You, sir. What device is this about a will? A plot for you, sir. Come, put not your foists upon me. I shall send them. Did you not hear it? Yes, I hear Corbaccio hath made your patron there his heir. Tis true, by my device, drawn to it by my plot with hope. Your patron should reciprocate? And you have promised? For your good I did, sir. Nay more, I told his son, brought, hid him here, where he might hear his father pass the deed, being persuaded to it by this thought, sir, that the unnaturalness first of the act, and then his father's oft disclaiming in him, which I did mean to help on, would sure enrage him to do some violence upon his parent, on which the law should take sufficient hold, and you be stated in a double hope. Truth be my comfort, and my conscience, my only aim was to dig you a fortune out of these two old rotten sepulchres. I cry thee mercy, Mosca. Work your patience and your great merit, sir, and see the change. Why, what success? Most hapless. You must help, sir. Whilst we expected the old raven, in comes Corvino's wife, sent hither by her husband. What, with a present? No, sir, on visitation. I'll tell you how anon, and staying long, the youth he grows impatient, rushes forth, seizeth the lady, wounds me, makes her swear, or he would murder her, that was his vow, to affirm my patron to have done her rape, which how unlike it is, you see, and hence with that pretext he's gone to accuse his father, defame my patron, defeat you. Where is her husband? Let him be sent for straight. Sir, I'll go fetch him. Bring him to the scrutineo. Sir, I will. This must be stopped. Oh, you do nobly, sir. Alas, t'was laboured all, sir, for your good, nor was there want of counsel in the plot, but fortune can at any time o'erthrow the projects of a hundred learned clerks, sir. Corbaccio, listening. What's that? Wilt please you, sir, to go along. Exit Corbaccio, followed by Voltore. Patron, go in, and pray for our success. Volpone rising from his couch.
Need makes devotion. Heaven your labor bless. Exeunt. End of Act Three.